New sponsor alert. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor is the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt or a little bit of dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit for an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they can offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for your male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how big and soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch discomfort at Manscaped have spent two years designing the most affordable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming so you can wear the boxers for the chilling. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches the Manscaped on your waistband of your underwear. That was guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to their Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for the below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight. You need more to have a precise shape. Get 20% off and free shipping using Doink at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code Doink at Manscaped.com. Com. Our last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brendan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. We are talking NFC North today. As we kick off our NFC division previews. We got a division fan in the house. Eric Warner, big Chicago Bears fan is with us. Eric, how we doing? Good, man. Good. I'm looking forward to just getting this Bears combo out of the way. Over, done with. <laughs> So we discussed this probably worst division of football, AFC South, NFC North. Uh, what I guess it's, here? who do you do you think the who has more combined wins, the Bears and Lions or the Jags and Texans? That is a good question. Yeah. I'd have to put more thought into that. I think the top I think the the NFC North is more top heavy. 
because I think the, we're going to discuss, I think the Packers and the Vikings are both going to be good teams this year. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I think they're better than the AFC South now that yeah, I think about still, it. Still, just yeah, by a hair. By a hair. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. We're going to get started here as we have we have a hard out in about 45, 50 minutes. So we're going to get going right off the bat. Eric, why don't you kick us off with your Chicago Bears? My Chicago Bears. Old GM Ryan and old coach Matt are out. In comes the new GM Ryan and new coach Matt. Both named the same. Matt Nagy gone. Matt Eberflus in. Ryan Pol- Ryan Pace gone. Ryan Poles is in. Probably the best nugget we've ever had on the show. <laughs> yeah, right there. The Bears offseason received a lot of negative media attention this summer, and that's basically due to a lack of help for their young quarterback, Justin Fields. They have the third cheapest running back room, the fourth cheapest wide receiver room, and the eighth cheapest offensive line. It was going to be the fifth cheapest offensive line, and then they signed Riley Reef off the scrap heap. Can I can I add to that? The Bears are dead last in cash spending this year. Yeah, I think it's important to add, and by a lot. Yeah, they are spending one hundred sixty five million dollars. That is dead last in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons are spending one hundred seventy one. So they're still they're they're. This is a rebuild if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Allen Robinson left in free agency, was kind of replaced by a Byron Pringle type. Uh, yeah, that's a huge drop off. <laughs> Whatever you want to call what the Bears are doing at wide receiver. Because <laughs> yeah. Allen Robinson was their number one receiver, probably, no doubt. And now it's uh, there's not a number one. Well, I guess Mooney, maybe. The- First two draft picks, two second round picks, were both used on defense. So basically every single move made this offseason was not to help Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. But people need to understand, Ryan Pace left an elephant-sized crap on Ryan (laughs) Pohl's desk, and he had to clean it up before he could do anything. Quietly, I do think the Bears have potential to be in a really good spot next offseason. If Justin Fields can show signs of progression, you have a quarterback on a rookie deal with over $100 million in expected cap space. They can cut a few veterans next year and get over $100 million in cap space. With a quarterback on a rookie contract, that is kind of the formula for winning in the modern NFL. And I just really hope that this new regime is not giving up on Fields. They have no ties to him, but we saw glimpses of talent last year from Fields. He averaged more than six yards per scramble. He got better as the season went along. His last five games of the season, he was the number one quarterback outside of the pocket. The hope is, with Matt Nagy gone, the new offensive coordinator uses Justin Fields to his strengths. Mm -hmm. People have a problem with Justin Fields holding on to the ball too long. The deep ball is one of his biggest strengths, though. At college, he was always hunting the big play. He does need to speed up his progressions and get the ball out quicker. But all the Twitter quarterbacks who want him to play like Drew Brees need to shut it. He's not <laughs> like that's not his style. So, what, what are you a fan of? Like what they did, like they brought in Bill Lazar from or Bill Lazor, um, or Luke Getzey, sorry, Luke right? Getzey, Luke Getzey, yeah. yeah. My apologies, Bill Lazor, Bill Lazor is now the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. Um, Luke Getzey, they brought in, um, or Bill was Bill Lazor the offensive coordinator of the Bears last year, right? Yes. Okay, my apologies, got that mixed up. Luke Getzey is now the offensive coordinator. He was, of course, the quarterbacks coach in Green Bay last year. He was. So you're going to get the Matt Lafleur style offense, hopefully. Well, I'm assuming <laughs> that's what they're going to do. 
Yeah. Um, that's uh, I'm assuming the Bears brass wanted to bring in that sort of style offense, so they brought him in. He's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Yeah. That's the book on Luke Getze. But if you look at Justin Fields, last year his average depth of target was 10.1 yards. Only Russell Wilson had a higher average depth of target. Hmm. If he's confident throwing the ball deep, I don't want that coached out of him. The people who are so obsessed with him getting the ball out quicker. I would rather a guy who has confidence throwing the ball deep than check down Charlie. I don't want that coached out of him. Let's see how he does this year. Um, Looking at the other positions along the offense, they have the easiest schedule of run defenses in the NFL this year. I like the David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert combo. I think you got the power, you got the speed. They complement each other well. Yeah, that's what I have in my notes here. I have the running back room isn't terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> it's that's, not. <laughs> like, it's you can work with Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. Montgomery is a solidified number one back. Khalil Herbert had some juice last year. I think they, they, those, those two guys should be on the field a lot. Yeah. Darnell Mooney is wide receiver one. He was 11th in the NFL <laughs> among wide receivers versus man coverage. That's nice, but he was unfortunately 83rd of 83rd in the league at the wide receiver position at contested catches. In my opinion, if you're going to be a number one receiver in the NFL, that has to improve. Do I have to talk about this all line? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in a bad mood the rest of this episode, but got left it's tackle. It's not looking good. Left tackle is going to be Braxton Jones, fifth round rookie. Week one, we're going to find out what this kid's made of. He is lining up against Nick Bosa. Any word about how, oh, God, I didn't know that. Any, <laughs> yeah. That caught me off guard. Any word of how he's doing in training camp at all? He is supposedly the brightest spot of training okay. camp. He won the job okay. at left tackle. That's good to hear. He was competing against seventh round, second round, or second year player, seventh round pick, Larry Boron. So, I mean, he what about won Riley, the job. Riley Reef is going to start at right tackle. Correct? Right tackle. Okay. Yes. In the inside, you got Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, and Tevin Jenkins is all of a sudden playing guard. Is he going to be a bear by the time the season starts? That's still a question mark. It's been a really rocky offseason for the former second-round pick. Apparently clashed with coaches to start off training camp. They've moved him inside to guard. Apparently he's looked better there. Maybe it's just he's shutting up and playing hard so he can get traded. Who knows what's going to happen there. Well, let's look at the defensive side of the ball. It's going to look very different. My boy Akeem Hicks is gone. It's going to be so weird watching football without the University of Regina legend Akeem Hicks. Cleo Mack is also gone. And it is Matt Eberflus to run his system. He brought over Alan Williams. He was his secondary coach in Indianapolis for the last four years. Um, they both come over together, and they're going to bring that cover two shell style defense that is becoming more and more popular. Everfuse had top to top back to back top eight defenses in Indy. If he can bring it's he's got an uphill battle to match that again. But if you remember, he started in Indy with not much, and their defense was always above average. He's got this philosophy. It's called hits. Hustle, intensity, takeaways, and smarts. That is apparently what he is not only trying to build as a philosophy for the defense, but the offense. He preaches intensity and smarts and hustle. Let's see if the Bears can buy into the system like the Colts players did. Um, but unfortunately, did you, you mentioned, sorry, I don't know if I missed this. You mentioned that they had a top 10 defense last three years in Indy, right? Yeah. He had back to back eight top eight defenses, okay. and then three years ago they were a top 10. So, okay. yeah, 
I should that's a that sounds better. Three yeah. <laughs> top ten okay. defenses sounds better than back to back top eight. But he's also switching them back to a four three. Robert Quinn, in my opinion, will be wearing a different uniform by the end of the year. He's a prime trade deadline candidate, I think. He's a veteran on an expiring contract. Roquan Smith is back after a weird holdout that lasted, but he doesn't even have an agent, so I don't know how he was negotiating what contracts do you make? I want to ask you, what do you make of this? It's such a bizarre situation. I don't know how you can be trying to negotiate a contract for... Apparently, the Bears offered him something that was the most money a linebacker has ever gotten, and he didn't want it, but he, he doesn't have an agent. Like, what are we doing here? How about you let your agent discuss the contract stuff you get on the field and practice? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, when you're talking about that many millions of dollars, get an agent. Hey, don't talk Lamar Jackson, man. Get an agent. <laughs> like, that's actually it's infuriating to me that these guys. <laughs> okay, I have a take on the Roquan agent. Smith thing. I don't think it's a terrible thing that they're not paying him. Like, I don't think Ryan Poles, Brian Poles, Ra- Brian, Ryan Poles came in here and wants to s- reset the linebacker market. Exactly. If that makes sense. Like, I know Ro- Roquan Smith's a great player, but to be demanded to say, hey, the new GM, you have to set the market for a position that, again, you, we can talk all day about if linebacker is valuable anymore or not, but. The tough thing to ask of your new general yeah. manager. I'm assuming ownership is also at this thing. We're not going to be open up the bank vault here for yeah. Roquan. So but I, I actually don't mind how the Bears handled the situation. This apparently, season. they offered him a very nice contract. So this is going to be pushed to the next offseason. We'll see. He's coming off back to back all pro, second team all pro seasons. Like this would be the time for him to cash in. I don't know. What's going on? Ryan Poles is kind of this new school model. And like you said, the linebacker position is starting to be devalued financially. But he's also a hell of a football player. I was just going to say, because if you look at this front seven and take away Roquan Smith, oh my God, it has potential for the worst front seven in football. So Angelo Blackson is a real human being. He's in the defensive tackle on the depth chart. You don't know the Angelo Blackson, Justin Jones connection at starting DT? Did not know that. Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson on the other side. Joe Thomas and Nic- Nicholas Morrow are linebackers. No, those names. It's a bad front seven. Yeah. And There's, they invested heavily in the secondary, which I'm assuming you're about to get to. Yes. The secondary is at least young and exciting. Mm-hmm. Similar to Darnell Mooney, I have Jalen Johnson as a high-end number two. Still needs to prove if he can be a number one or not. But they just threw this guy into the fire two years ago. as a second-round pick, and they just... Straight straight from day one, he was asked to guard the opposing team's wide receiver one. And he's he's tread water. Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker were the two second rounders that will start right away. Kyler Gordon at cornerback, Jaquan Brisker at safety. All signs from training camp and preseason that those picks appear to have been solid. Who knows what you're getting with Eddie Jackson. Uh, he's a prime cut candidate in the offseason to free up some cap space like I mentioned earlier. But the one thing this defense does have going for them is last year they had the third hardest schedule of opposing offenses. This year it is predicted to be the 21st most difficult schedule. So lighter schedule, but unfortunately the talent on this defense just isn't there. It's really going to be can Matt Eberflus just get his system in place in year one and we'll evaluate it next year. Holy this crap, is Eddie f- Jackson's contract is ugly. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah, that's, he's that's getting cut. He could, he could, he could make All Pro this year and he'd be cut. Yeah, he's got an eighteen million dollar cap hit in two thousand twenty four. 
Yeah. But yeah, he has to play his way on the roster. The, the secondary is exciting. I'm glad you brought it up. I really, really, really liked Jaquan Brisker coming out of the draft this year. I thought he was a great pick in the second round. And Kyler Gordon won. Don't really, didn't really know too much about him. He played opposite of, um, why is it like, who's the Chiefs first round pick, the cornerback, Trent McDuffie. So whenever I was watching, I would watch McDuffie. Kyler Gordon was on the other side. I never really got a chance to watch how he played, but... Um, cornerback from Washington. Yeah, so so McDuffie was on the other side, right? Yeah. Cornerback from Washington, you're making a good point. They they freaking breed cornerbacks at the University of Washington. I, again, like Jaquan Brisker a lot, I think Jalen Johnson has all the tools to become a number one cornerback in the NFL. I don't see why this defense... It's not going to be bad. What This front seven is horrific. Yeah, but like I, I can see this defense... Like, I don't think they're going to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You bring in Matt Eberflus, really smart defensive mind. You have a lot of young talent here. You have Roquan Smith... If Robert Quinn can kind of somewhat replicate what he did last year, there's no reason this team can't be in the 15th to 20th in DVOA at the end of the year. I think that is very optimistic. All right. Well, I was trying to put my trying to put on my Homer hat for you here. Yeah, I just I just see this. Robert Quinn is a good name. He sucks in run defense. This is our this has potentially bottom three run defense in the league, in my opinion. Anything else we should go? We should have the Justin Fields conversation quickly. What do you? How do you feel about Justin Fields going into this year? I mean, he has the highest quarterback rating in preseason so far in the <laughs> NFC. If that means anything. Okay, let me ask you this question: If you were to lay a bet right now at Vegas, the likelihood of him signing a second contract with the Chicago Bears. Oh. What do you think the odds would be on that? Ooh, I would say that's fifty-fifty right okay. now, but. Remember, this is his second year, so that's still they're gonna have to three. make a decision next year. Like it's, this, no, is, they would get another year yeah, after that. You would know by that point, like it's no. You're th- he's a first round pick, so they could fifth year off. Yeah, but my point is, is by that point, you usually know what you have in the quarterback. My yeah, point but, is, is I the way I look at Justin Fields is this is his rookie year, and you take a year off the contract, kind of thing. Like he, yeah. this is his rookie season. Last year was a throwaway for yeah. this kid. I don't. It's hard to know what they think of him in the building because again they didn't draft him. Like this is he's not a Ryan Poles guy, not a Matt Eberflus guy. But you would, if you're a Bears fan, you would like to see them build around him at some point, and hopefully that's what happens. This whole season is about Justin Fields, all about number one. Yeah. Well, I guess I look at it this way: the only way Justin Fields gets replaced is if they have a top three draft pick, which means Justin Fields played terrible and he's yep. replaceable. That's a great point. If they have a 7 to 10 pick and Justin Fields <coughs> won 5 or 6 games. To be honest, with this roster, Justin Fields winning 5 to 6 games would be impressive to me. So that would warrant another year. What's their win total at 5 and a half at Vegas? It opened at 6 and a half and I think that lasted 30 seconds. <laughs> I think it's I think it's 5 and a half, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. They, they have a really easy schedule. They could potentially win 6. I, I don't think I think there's optimism here with all the cap space. You have Justin Fields. Yeah, for you next offseason, yeah. I'm very optimistic about next offseason. And you get to watch somewhat of an exciting quarterback. It's not like you got any Dalton shout out there again. True. <laughs> okay. Let's get, talk about the Detroit Lions here. I don't have – we're not going to talk about this team too much. But Detroit Lions are obviously run by Dan Campbell. And they are also, if you haven't watched, they are on NFL Hard Knocks. I'm assuming a lot of our listeners have been checking that out. The Detroit Lions have lost double-digit games in four straight seasons, so they're looking to break that slump right there. Seems like the players really like Dan Campbell. It seems like, just from what I've seen from last year, and of course, hard knocks, it seems like this is a guy you want to win for and you want to rally around. So I could see I could see him kind of getting more momentum in that way 
um, heading in, or after this season. Let's talk about the offense, Warren Z. The offensive line is one of the best in football, hands down. I, their depth chart is awesome on the on the offensive line. Uh, Penny Sewell and Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker, right? Yeah. Taylor Decker. I always get him and uh, the other Decker mixed up. Yeah. Uh, the wide receiver from uh, the Broncos years. Anyway, so that's a huge, like, that's a huge, huge, huge plus for this offense to have both of them uh, on the each side of the offensive line. And then you have Halapulivati Vaitai, who, of course, is a former Eagle and won and played left tackle for the Eagles in their Super Bowl year. He's that guard. They gave him a lot of money. He's a solid uh, guard. Jonah Jackson's a guy I'm really looking forward to watch. He has the potential to be a star. This is like, he is like, I potentially be number one of the best offensive guards in football. And Frank Gregg now is their center. I, you can't get a better line. This is a top five offensive line. The Detroit Lions did very well building through the trenches. Now the rest of their offense is questionable. Eric, you have Amon Ross St. Brown at the skill position who had six straight games of 10 targets or more to finish the year. He won fantasy leagues last year, basically. Um, if you had him and you picked him up on the waiver wire at the end of the year, you kind of, you lucked out there. They gave ZJ Charco one year contract. He's able to stretch the field and he'll be their second receiver in Josh Reynolds. They picked up midway through the year last year. He's going to be their third wide receiver. Now, Amon Ross St. Brown, seventh in NFL last year at contested catches. Yeah, he's a dog. I loved him coming to the draft. I, I I was really, really liked that pick for the Lions. I, I think he was like the 16th wide receiver taken or something like that. It was crazy. He was so slept on at USC. That team was just bad. He didn't get the recognition he deserved. So it's good to see that um, he's having successful uh, a successful NFL career so far. And I do like the DJ Chark signing because I do think that it just opens up the offense a lot. You can they had the to field. get somebody. Yeah, you had to you had to put someone across. And I think it's a kind of a win-win. I'm assuming he's not back. I think it's like a one-year rental style contract. But again, he can stretch the field, open up the underneath for Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds. So I do like bringing him in. Don't forget Jamison Williams coming yep, back. That's a good point. Jamison Williams, first round pick they took. Um, they traded back into the first round to get him. And uh, are they traded up in the first round to like 12th overall, something to stank him, 10th overall to stank him. I loved Jason, Jameson Williams in the draft process this year. I, I thought he was one of the best or the funnest receivers I've ever scouted during the process. He he can do it all, man. He can, he can win deep. He can win over the middle. He can win on the outside. He is, he's a full, full blown number one receiver in the NFL. The thing is, is he's going to hurt. And they put him on the uh, PU or the IR rights or PUP list. So you miss the first four games, I believe. First four for sure, yeah. maybe more. Depends how he recovers. The they're fun- gonna they're gonna be patient with this. the funniest. I sent you that clip of him in Hard Knocks when they were all doing the the Billy Jean song. Yeah. He just sat there looking so unbothered. He did not want anything to do with it. Um, but I, I love James Noy. I'm really excited to see what he can do in the NFL. Now the Jared Goff conversation is a different, whole different ball game here. Don't really know what you're gonna get from him, but he did look good towards the end of the year. Look, I couldn't believe when I was looking this up. The Lions were 13th in EPA per play on offense in the last eight weeks of the year, and Goff was 13th in EPA per play as a quarterback in the last eight weeks of the year. You know this what was they the did? top half of the league offense. Do you know what they did halfway through the year? <coughs> Fired Anthony Lynn. That's true. There we go. I hated the Anthony Lynn hiring from the start, so it's good to see they were going to realize that during the year. Yeah, this this was a top this was a top half of the league offense for half for a good chunk of the year last year. Yeah. Jared Goff, though, only 25% of his passes went over 10 yards, lowest in the league. He was a little bit of a check down Charlie. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to increase that number. But if it, with this offensive line, the whole book on Jared Goff has been if he's protected, he's fine. If this he's offensive line like, can he's stay almost healthy. got like underrated a little bit, Goff. No, I don't awful. know about underrated, but like no. he, he gets no. too much heat. He gets way too no. much heat. He's awful. He's not awful. He is awful. He's not awful. 
Yes, he took yes. a team to the Super Bowl like four years ago. He was a Super Bowl quarterback four years ago. Now it's like everyone just doesn't even want him in the league anymore. No, this will be his last year as a starter. Maybe. Yeah, he's not starting next year. Maybe this is the like last to, year of his contract. I'd like to put a wager on that. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think there's a. I think there's a spot for Jared Goff in the NFL. I, I I don't see why he can't have a good year this year. I don't see why this offense can't be a top 15 offense again. They've got the talent here. Like I, I don't see why this offense can't be good now. The defense is a whole different. Oh, different the question. defense is horrific. Whole I, different ball game on the defensive say, side of the ball. I wanted to say Detroit is getting a lot of hype this offseason. I'm buying it offensively. I think this offense because of the line has potential, this is still a bottom three defense in the NFL. 100%. I think potentially the worst defense in the NFL. I do like Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, who was a defensive back coach in New Orleans for all those years. He came over with Dan Campbell. He's really good, really smart guy. I'm assuming he could potentially even get a head coaching candidate if they even get more talent on the defensive side of the ball and they kind of give him more to work with. They blitzed a lot last year, and they did a lot of crazy different blitzes. They were seventh in blitz percentage in total in the NFL last year. So they just had to go after the quarterback. They didn't, there wasn't much else to do. They did invest on the defensive line of the ball this year, of course, drafting Aiden Hutchinson second overall. They have Aline McNeil, who's a young defensive tackle, who they, who they do like in the building. Besides that, the front seven is pretty ugly. You got the linebackers are probably the worst linebacker core in the league with Alex Anzalone, Chris Board, and Derek Barnes. I, those guys are not going to cut it in the NFL. And then just even back to the defensive line, like Michael Brockers is getting up there. I don't know how much he has left to give. Charles Harris, they kind of signed from the scrap heap last year. He turned out to be a pretty good player. They like Josh Pascal, who they drafted in the second round as well. Could he be someone? Maybe. Uh, but again, this this is a pretty depleted front seven. And then the secondary, it's even uglier. Jeff Okuda is a complete question mark. We have no idea what he's going to be. In his in the career, NFL. the quarterback rating against 122. Yeah, it's a small sample size. Yeah. But still, he was a third overall pick. Can he be something we don't know? But it's been a disaster draft pick, considering all the quarterbacks that went after Justin Herbert yeah. and whatnot. So it, it doesn't look that looks like a complete disaster pick. Sean Elliott, Tracy Walker is one of the worst safety rooms in the NFL. So I, I, uh, I don't have high hopes for this defense whatsoever. I do think that they're going to need, like, you're banking on a bunch of progress from Lee McNeil, Jeff Okuda. You need Aiden Hutchinson to be a star for them to That's keep That's what it. they're hoping. Yeah. That's what they're banking on. Yeah, for them to sniff like a top 20 defense, in my opinion. And that is such a big ask mm-hmm. for a second overall pick to just play defensive end, be your really only threat of rushing the passer, and for him to, it's going to be a big ask. I don't really know what to think of the Lions this year. I, I, I'm i not buying like the – some people are crazy enough to think they might win like like eight, nine games. I don't think that's happening. I think about six, maybe six wins. I think they'll fight. I think they'll battle. I think, yeah. they'll, I think they'll have some good games. They're going to be in close games. It's just I don't really know what the, the ceiling is on a Jared Goff to like elevate them to maybe like a seventh or eighth best offense. I think they're – is sick in the middle of the league, but yeah, they like people need to realize this team's plus minus last year was negative 142. Yeah, you got to go from losing big to losing by a little to winning by a little to winning big. They're still in that losing by a little phase. And something I this is completely like random, but something I didn't like about Dan Campbell is he used all those trick plays at the end of the year last year. Why didn't he bank some of those for this year? Right. Like that one crazy trick play in week 18 last year was like wicked. I was like, why didn't she just? Put that in a little pocket and save that for next year. But I, I think Dan Campbell's got something cooking here. 
this is a team that a potential free agent quarterback or a quarterback through trade or a quarterback in the draft would really like to come and play for because there's a lot working with on the offensive side of the ball. But I do think they're gonna they're gonna struggle this season. I agree. Division winners from last year would be the Green Bay Packers. That's three consecutive years of 13 wins to start Matt LaFleur's career. Not too shabby. Big story in offseason land for the Packers would be Devontae Adams moving on. He was number three in the league last year in yards per route run and responsible for 35% of the team's air yards. Also, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is gone. So same question here that I posed to you that I posed about Kansas City. Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dubes, Christian Watson. Who's picking up the wide receiver slack? I don't know. I, I, I liked, I liked, it's, I can't figure out if it's dubs or dubs. This is one that's been I bugging. call them You call them dubs. I've been calling them dubs all offseason. But really liked him coming out of Nevada. I thought he was a good player. The median receiving yards for a draft pick fourth to seventh round over the last 10 years in the NFL is 113. Yeah. So to bank on a fourth round receiver to basically carry your offense, it's a one in it's a one in a million. Not one in a million, but it's probably not going to happen. So you need, I think they're gonna have to do it by committee. I think everyone's gonna be involved here. I don't know if Alan was like Alan Lazard's definitely not number one. There's not a solidified number one on this roster, but you're banking on a by committee basis. And I think they have the perfect quarterback to do that. I think that's the more important way to look at it. I like that answer. How about Aaron Jones has had over 60 targets the last three years. That's over 60 in each of those three years. That could increase. Four game stretch where Devontae Adams was out in 2019. Aaron Jones saw 27 targets for 280 yards and three touchdowns in those four games. Add in last year that A.J. Dillon caught 34 balls for 312 yards. I don't think it's crazy to predict 3,000 yards from scrimmage between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Well, you have Aaron Jones in fantasy, don't you? And A.J. Dillon. Yeah, you have both of those guys, eh? Last year, they combined for 2,300 yards. <laughs> Take out Devontae Adams, I could see that number going to 3K. Yeah, Aaron Jones is going to be receiver two probably on this roster. Receiver one. You think, do you think you think he leads the team in receiving yards this year? It's not crazy. Alan Lazard's career high is 510. Like, if he... Do you think Alan Lazard gets higher than that? I mean, he, he'll have more balls this year, I guess. So, you, in theory, you'd think so. But if Alan Lazard... Has 400 yards. Are you going to be shocked? No. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was, yeah, I, I think AG, I think, I think Aaron Jones is probably going to lead this team in receiving yards. It's not crazy at all to think about. It's not crazy yeah. to think about. Offensive line, uh, it's the belief is that Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are going to be back to start this year. What is going on with David Bakhtiari? If anybody in Green Bay can let us know, I can't get a read on the he situation. Is such an X factor for this team this year, and like who knows? Like, he is so important. It's it's a, such a weird, weird situation. But he is back practicing, right? He's doing individual drills and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see if he's ready for Week One. He's off the PUP list. He is. John Runyon, Josh Myers, and Jake Hansen form the interior of the line. 
You're right. Bakhtiari is going to be the big X factor. If he's on this line, I would say it's an above average line. If he's not, it's probably a below average. Then it just ruins everything. You got to move Elton Jenkins across the field to left tackle, and then it just muddies it up. Like if you have these five here, that I know I got. I don't want to give my big Green Bay Packer takes here, but the offensive line is the biggest worry on the roster, in my opinion, from the depth perspective. I know the Green Bay Packers have been very good at developing offensive linemen and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but this is a team that. I don't know how much injuries they can afford. Zach Tom, of course, has looked very good in training camp. Green Bay Packer depth, our beat writers have been obsessed with him with the draft process. He's a fourth-round rookie. Bears, of course, they couldn't take, couldn't yeah. find him. I don't know. But anyways, I, I think yeah. I think that's, I think if injuries start to pile up on the offensive line, this could be a problem. Yeah, and speaking of lack of depth, the tight end position, they're banking on Robert Tanyan again to come back <laughs> healthy. There's no depth there, really. Josiah Deguara... We don't know much about him yet. He's still young. They still got Mercedes Lewis Mercedes, kicking on the roster. Mercedes Lewis, he might be playing left tackle I for this team by the end of the year. Good for him, though. Good for him. But I'm going to predict a drop from the number two overall offense in DVOA from last year. But I am going to predict an increase on the defensive side of the ball from the number 22 DVOA ranked team last year. I really like what they have up front. They're all massive, massive men. Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Dron Reed, Preston Smith. I love that front four. They are all monsters. And the Packers were number one in the NFL last year at generating pressure without blitzing. Zadarius Smith only played 37 snaps. They know life without him. I don't think that that loss is going to really be a factor. I don't think so either. I like the Quay Walker draft pick because they have a veteran in Devondre Campbell beside him. If and if a team asks Quay Walker to come in and start and be like the middle linebacker, wear the green dot, I thought that was going to be too much for him to handle. He looks good in preseason too. Exactly. Campbell will have the green dot. He'll worry about all the pre-snap stuff, get everybody lined up properly, and Walker will just be asked to go out and ball. Other first-rounder from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt, he finally adds some depth behind Kenny Clark. So I really like this front seven. But I think I like the secondary even more. Jair Alexander only played five games last year. In his last full season, he allowed a passer rating against a 54. This guy is an elite corner. Yep. Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas round out the cornerback group. Um, Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos at safety is a nice duo. The only really concern I have about this defense, to be honest, is who's playing the slot? All of these corners are natural outside guys. Rasul Douglas started at camp. Didn't really go that well. Jair Alexander might be playing slot this year. I think that they want to run a base. Like I think they want to be a bigger body team. I don't think they're they're kind of going against the, the, nickel. the, the nickel kind of style defense, right? Like you take a look at the depth chart here. They drafted Quay Walker for this kind of reason, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Sean Gary, you want him rushing the passer, but... This is this is a quick like they've got some speed at linebacker that they can use, but you're right. If they get in nickel situations, I don't know who who's going to well, be there. You, but that's the thing. You don't you want Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, and Rasul Douglas on the field? Yep. So you kind of I okay the Rasul Douglas thing. I know Rasul you Douglas know I, and Devonta Campbell. There is no way Rasul Douglas is going to kind of have the season he did last year. I like this defense a lot, but there's a couple question marks here. You're banking on, like, you gave Razul Douglas, Razul Douglas a, a sizable contract. He's not going to replicate what he did last year. 
Devondre Campbell was found in June for $2 million. You gave him over $10 million this year. Like, you're banking on those guys to kind of keep it up. He's Jer- not going to be the second best linebacker. No, in and Jerry Alexander, you need to stay healthy. Eric Stokes is still young. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage have had their own injury issues. Darnell Savage is currently hurt. Yeah, the, if this D de- on paper, this defense looks fine and dandy, and I like it. It has top five potential, but I don't know. Like, there, there's some depth issues here, like I said, about their offensive line as well on the defense. Devontae Wyatt is, not, is having a hard time getting playing time in training camp so far. That, that pick isn't looking too hot. I know it's still early, but he's having a hard time carving out a role on this defense. I'm the more I look at the Green Bay Packers, Eric, the least excited I get about them. I understand that. Yeah. I I understand that, and I think we both might have the same prediction. Are you? Are we both not taking them to win the NFC North? I'm not. Hey, we agree on something here. Yeah, I, I have completely changed my my tone on on the NFC North over the last two weeks. Me too. Who's gonna win the NFC North? Tell me about. Let's them. talk about it. The Minnesota Vikings this year are gonna be led by Kevin O'Connell. He's a new head coach. He was, of course, with the Rams over the last two seasons. He was the offensive coordinator. For them, and he was also the offensive coordinator in Washington in 2019. They decided not to rebuild Eric, which actually at first wasn't a huge fan of, but I don't mind it as mm-hmm. more as I kind of look at this team. They give Kirk Cousins basically like a one-year $35 million contract. That's only the ninth highest paid or eighth highest paid quarterback story in the NFL. Only. That's hey. It's not terrible. <laughs> there's, there's worse contracts there. Okay. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball here. I think it's gonna it's very similar to last year. They didn't really do much change, but there's a huge change from the sideline as Kevin O'Connell is now going to be calling the plays. His offense is going to be a lot different, which I think is so, so important. It's funny because everyone always says, like, get in, get a better receiver. That will help the quarterback. Sometimes getting just a better play caller can help the quarterback a ton, even more than a number one wide receiver can. I think that means, and I think that's um, important to remember here. The Rams' offense with Stafford was really spread out. And the, the last year it was, it kind of went against, like, the 2019 Jared Goff offenses. I'm assuming they're probably going to go back to style like the 2018-2019 Rams offense and kind of run a lot of play action pass, a lot of deep shots, jet motion, stuff like that that they use. The Rams kind of let Stafford kind of air it out last year. I don't know if they're going to go exactly to that with Kirk Cousins. You're going to see a ton, a ton of 13 personnel with this team. The wide receivers are very interesting on this roster. I think they have the best potentially wide receiver trio in the NFL. Let's start with Justin Jefferson, who, of course, I famously... Did not pick, want the Eagles to take a 20th overall. I'm a complete idiot for that one. And I wanted Jalen Rager. Look how that turned out. Justin Jefferson's probably the best receiver in the NFL. I think he, he is the best receiver in the NFL this year. He's seventh in yards per route run last year. He is a star, star of the making. I think he's got a potential to absolutely light the league on fire this year. Like some talking 1,700 yards potentially. Like that's how confident I am. His future is so bright. Then you have Adam Thielen on the other side of the ball. who's a, a really good wide receiver number two. No, he's getting up there in age, but he can still really play. I think and, it's really underappreciated, too, that Adam Thielen has no ego. He is fine being the yep. number two. How many wide receivers would not take this demotion and not be okay with being the number two? He has no problem with it whatsoever. He's a great teammate. Mm-hmm. 24 touchdowns in the last two years. 30, <coughs> 34 touchdowns in the last three years. Only Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones have more touchdowns than Adam Thielen in the last three seasons. That's a great stat there. And the other thing that really makes this click is K.J. Osborne, the third receiver slot. He's probably top five third receiver in the NFL. And it was really interesting digging up on him 
So he played 771 snaps last year in total. 409 of those were on the outside. 362 of those were in the slot. It's like a 50-50 split. This guy can play everywhere. All three of these receivers can play everywhere on the field. Jefferson's and that, almost better in the exactly. slot. Exactly. He's Justin Jefferson's going to play a ton in the slot. That moves KJ Osborne outside. You can mix and match them. And guess what the Rams were very good at doing over the three years in LA was mixing around their wide receivers. Cooper Cup, of course, played the slot a lot. Robert Woods was out everywhere. Like this, th- this offense is perfect for Kevin O'Connell style coach to come in and play or come in and call the plays for them. This offense last year had 93 passes from under center without play action. No other team had more than 55. Like, they were running some, like, 2002 Andy Reid, Don McNabb-style passes last year for no reason. Like, they went, the, the offense was so outdated last year. You bring it in now. I'm assuming Dalvin Cook, of course, we even talked to running backs. Dalvin Cook is going to get a ton of screen passes. One, he's going to be very active in the passing game. We I don't know if you've been following the news today, Eric, but Alex Ma- Alexander Madison is wanted, wants out. Oh, it was of, him requesting well, so he, a trade? He didn't request a trade, but he did. He wants to be a starting running back, according to... According to a report, and he wants he wants a new contract as well, and they're not going to give him one because they just gave Dalvin Cook a five-year contract. So I don't know if Alexander Madison will be on the roster before the season starts, but Dalvin Cook is more than capable of being a bell cow running back on this offense when he's already proven that he can do that. Offensive line, I don't think there's many issues here. Christian Darisaw is a guy that can take a big step up and be like a top left tackle in the league. But they brought everyone back. Their offensive line is like in the middle of the, of the pack this year. But again, Kevin What's O'Connell. interesting, can, though, about this line Every one of these linemen grayed out as an above-average run blocker, but a below-average pass blocker. Mm-hmm. That's And I'm assuming, again, Kevin O'Connell's going to be able to do stuff with that. He's going to be able to kind of scheme up plays where they're not having Kirk Cousins sit back there like like, like he's uh, ready to get seconds, hit. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They're going to get the ball out quicker with him. Now, what I'm really – we need to have to Kirk – should we have to Kirk Cousins talk at the end or should we have it now? Because that, that's the one. Let's do it right now. Actually, let's hold, let's hold on. To, we'll hold on to Kirk Cousins' talk because mm-hmm. it kind of goes into my end point. So Mike Zimmer out his play call on the defensive, um, as, of course, he's the head coach. So he's out. Ed Donatel is in. He's a veteran defensive coordinator. He's been around the league forever. Defensive coordinator of the Broncos over the last three seasons. He was a Bears defensive back coach, actually, the year before that. So Vic Fangio tree. I'm really curious to see what this defense looks like. I don't know how he's going to call it. I'm assuming it's going to be kind of a mix of everything. He doesn't really have a specific style. Again, he was only under Fangio for three years or for, for three years, but he's going to probably mix it into a 3-4 defense. Daniel Hunter and Zedaria Smith are going to be on the outside as a pass rushing duo. This team did suck against the run last year, Eric. They were 29th in pair play against the rush. What were you laughing at? I just had a note on Daniel Hunter and Zedaria Smith were 1-2 and two in the NFL and pressures in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nugget. Yeah, they, 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 you can bring back the... They're, but they're both... They can both play still. Yeah. This isn't like a pass. Daniel Hunter has injury issues, but he's still a very good pass pitcher. So Darius Smith is an interesting one because he, where did he was, where did he's Baltimore, right? He signed, he failed the physical, then he was brought back to Minnesota. So yeah. interesting to see how his health has been. He was so banged up in Green Bay towards the end of his tenure there. So it'll be interesting to see if he can play there, but they, they, he's still, uh, he's still a good pass pitcher. I, I like what they have on the front seven and the back end, they drafted Lewis scene. They traded up to get him in the second or in the first round. I really, really, really liked Lewis scene coming out of Georgia. I think he's a, he's a, could anybody be a on that end. defense was exactly. worth drafting. And they also took Andrew Booth in the first round, who is all the talent in the world, but he had some injury issues. So we'll see how he can do the Broncos last. So just going back to Ed Donatel's kind of history, the Broncos were 14th in blitz rate last year. 
Mike Zimmer was known to just run A-gap blitzes all the damn time. I don't know if they'll do that again. I, I, I'm assuming Adonis going to kind of calm things down and not just be blitz heavy. Mike, Mike Zimmer was a madman. So we'll see how, again, I'm curious to see how this defense looks. Now, let's have the Kirk Cousins conversation because it looks like both you and I are very high in the Minnesota Vikings. But there's one big question mark, and it's at quarterback. It what is. is your confidence level in Kirk Cousins heading into the season? Well, I guess I should start by saying I think 10 wins wins this division. Okay. I think Kirk Cousins can get you 10 wins. You don't think the Packers get to 11 wins? No, I don't. Okay. I like it. Fiery, spicy take. Fiery. I think that Kirk Cousins can get you 10 wins in the regular season. Do I think Kirk Cousins can do anything in the playoffs? God, no. Okay. I don't have any confidence in this guy when the lights get bright. I'm so torn on what to think about him because, like, if you just take a look at, like, average stats from, like, year to year, like, Kirk Cousins isn't terrible. He was 11th in EPA per play last year. He's always – he's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. But to get this team from kind of that middle of the pack team that they've been forever, you need him to take a step up. And I truly believe that Kevin O'Connell can do that, but it hasn't been proven yet, of course. We need to see it for me to kind of throw my whole hat into the Kirk Cousins bin. I, I'm – uh. I'm torn. I, I do think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win the NFC North, that it might be a fiery take, but I do think this offense is going to be very, very good. I don't mm. know if it's going to be all Kirk Cousins based because I think they have a lot of talent outside of him, but I I, I really, really like this offense. I, I think Justin Jefferson is going to be an absolute star in this league. I, I think they're going to have a top five offense in the NFL this year. I, I, I'm going that high. Okay, that's high. This is my – I will come back to this stat with the Kirk Cousins argument – and the argument is over. His record versus teams with a winning record is 7-26. and 26. The conversation's over. <laughs> like, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. I was hoping you would bring some of like, Kirk Cousins hype to this. The, you were predicting the Vikings to the NFC North. You're just shitting on the court. Well, come yeah. on, give me, give me some sort of optimism I guess that I am kind of contradicting myself. You are, I'm not a yeah. Kirk Cousins guy whatsoever. 7-26 and 26 versus teams with a winning record. But I do think they win the division okay. because, like you said, just the system should be so different. Mike Zimmer, this guy I respect a lot. Mm-hmm. I love. I thought he was a great coach for a lot of years, but that his time was done. Like they needed, they needed an air freshener in the room, and that's Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, I believe he had a quote. There was a quote about him, and it was Kevin O'Connell likes to pass to set up a pass. Like he just loves to pass the ball. That's the way the league is going. That's my kind of coach, baby. And yeah, I think it's going to work when you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and KJ Osborne. I want the guy calling the plays to love throwing the ball. I'm excited about this offense. I am. I can't. This is, they're going to be fireworks, I think. Yeah. I think it's, I think there's a scenario here where Cousins pulls like he has a career season here, like for like one last hoorah, maybe in Minnesota. And then if that happens, then what do you do with him? Like yeah. there's, a, there's a scenario here where he's like top seven. In DVOA people play like he he's very efficient. He maybe not have the star potential right of running around like he's not going to be like the the Josh Allen or the Herbert with the wicked passes. But there is a realistic scenario here that if he wins if the NFC the Vikings win the NFC North, it's going to be because Kirk Cousins balls out and has a career season in Minnesota this year. That, that's true. so realistic. And I'm circling Week One. I think that's the game I'm most excited for. To be honest, Week One, other than the opener on the Thursday on the Sunday slate. Packers Vikings. We're gonna right learn. Off the bat. We're gonna learn about this NFC North early on. Alrighty. 
Anything else? No, sir. Okay, Eric and I will be back. We're going to NFC South on Wednesday. Sounds good. And NFC South. That division going to be fun. I got takes on that division. I got spicy takes on that division. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, Eric and I will be back on Wednesday. Tons of good content coming your way over the next couple of weeks. And again, make sure to go back and check out our old division preview episodes that we've already done. The AFC, that was our first NFC episode, and we will talk to you later.